had the time of my life. And I owe it all to you. Sorry, I, I shouldn't sing so much. Because I know you've just fell in love with these vocal cords. And I want you to fall in love with this personality, too. Oh, God. <laughs> Samuel, I'm not marrying you for your singing voice. That's for sure. <laughs> Veronica is a gorgeous and very, very well accomplished singer. Which Is it okay for me to say that? Yeah, sure. She, she's a really super talented singer who's had a lot of success in that. Um, field and it, I am completely a tone deaf individual. <laughs> so I always joke that she's just loving me for my my awesome vocal cords. <laughs> well, I do uh, really enjoy listening to your speaking voice. I really love that a lot. So oh, thank you. I bet you some of our listeners do as well. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. You do um, when you need to fall asleep. You usually have me read to you or just mm-hmm. speak at you, and you be able to fall asleep. I used to record. Um, stuff for you to listen to. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's uh, fun. Uh-huh. I forgot about that. You know, we're both in, involved in a Toastmasters club, and um, right after they did the State of the City for the, the city government uh, around there, I did the State of the Sam the very next day. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. And um, I think I said the State of the Sam is scrumptulescent at the end, just if anyone's curious. <laughs> And I had somebody describe it as presidential, which is just the compliment I've always wanted to hear about my speaking. (laughs) (laughs) So I did it. (laughs) Well, you can quit Toastmasters now. (laughs) Absolutely quit. Accomplished all I need to. That's fun. Oh, man. So Sam and I did a really fun thing a couple nights ago. We recorded an episode of a Star Trek RPG. Mm-hmm. So if you've been listening to podcast for any for any period of time, you know that I am on the Star Trek journey, and I've really enjoyed um, kind of the the world that Gene Roddenberry brought to life on screen. And I've even watched like a couple episodes of the animated series, which is pretty fun. But we actually got to make an episode of Star Trek. And... I think we're going to call it highly illogical. Oh, so... It's going to be the feedback. Yeah. Thing. So uh, we're pretty sure, as long as it isn't taken, that the feed is going to be called Star Trek... Is it Star Trek highly illogical? No, it's just oh, going to be okay. highly illogical. It's just going to be called highly illogical. Uh-huh. And... That comes from Spock. So <laughs> if you don't know that, you might not be interested in the, in the podcast. Well, no, I don't know about that. I think that it's a science fiction adventure that yes, anyone could that's true. enjoy. And that really um, has players from a huge variety of experience in the world to like reading every book level of, of, of being obsessed with it to having seen five episodes or less. There's a whole bunch of people who inhabit the world. only seen five episodes? Ariel Oh, dang. I thought I was the newbiest noob. I'm so excited for Ariel to join us. Oh, yeah. 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 So, um, oh, but I think she's doing voiceovers for this episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then she'll be playing with us as well. But... And she's helping produce a little oh, bit, Oh, right. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I really enjoy playing RPGs with Sam. I think he's a really talented DM. So I've always enjoyed that. And it was also really fun getting to play with um, with other people that were also, I guess, as knowledgeable about Star Trek as Sam is because he's just this compendium <laughs> Star <laughs> Trek person. Uh, so it's it's pretty cool to to see other people that are uh, 
just as invested in that story. I think it was really fun. I play a Bedisoid named Helena. Mm-hmm. And Helena Dukas. Dukas. From the third house of Bedisoid. Yeah. Um, I, anyone, I think I've, I've talked to a lot of people who might be listening to this about this. Um, if I get talking to someone for any length of time, it eventually comes up. Bojack Horseman has a role he's always wanted to play. It's a secretariat. It is the secretariat. It's, it's secretariat. Something that's, that's always been there. To be doing a Star Trek RPG podcast has been my secretariat project for a very long time. Why are we not naming this project Secretariat? Secretariat. You might find this on, on the podcast feed as Secretariat. <laughs> it's the USS Secretariat. The U- oh my God, why didn't you name <laughs> no. it USS Secretariat? It's because its name makes sense and it's fun. <laughs> Oh um, my god! So it's it's something that I've cared about and been putting thought and brain power into for a very long time, and I've, I've recently come in contact with uh, some people I've known for a long time, some people I'm just getting to know now, but a great group of uh, of individuals that I'm having a lot of fun exploring this with, and so it's something I've just been so excited to do and want to continue to try to do it in some capacity for uh, as long as I possibly can, and uh, it's going to have a lot of Star Trek feeling ambiance and fun. Um, production to it. I, I really am excited to, to see how it, it feels on the airwaves and hope that you will enjoy this final frontier with us. So take a look for Highly Illogical. We will voice over this if we change the name. Yes. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully we'll remember. Yeah. Um. Okay, so... There were a lot of other things that I was so excited to talk to you about that my mind has gone completely blank about. Oh, no. <laughs> Feel my palms. I just am so invested in the Star Trek game. <laughs> <laughs> His palms, uh, just so you guys know, are really clammy. <laughs> and he put them on me, and it's so gross. <laughs> I don't get that way. It's just... <laughs> I really have my whole heart and soul in this. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> And thank you so much for everyone who's, who has played with me so far and just been in contact with me. I, I, I've been in touch with a lot of um, podcasting minds that I really love and um, look up to and, and respect um, regarding this. And just even if I've had your ear for a minute, it's been something that's been tremendously helpful to me. So thank you so much. <laughs> what are we looking at? This is a picture of an ostrich. Okay. And I'm not sure what's happening, but... The quote is from Taylor, and he's saying, nature is so fucking dumb. (laughs) I'll tell you what, if you think an ostrich is dumb, you need to check science. Oh, okay, never mind. This is someone else saying that. Anyways, anyone that thinks an ostrich is dumb is an idiot, because those are just dinosaurs. (laughs) So You know, I've kind of come to the realization lately that if I didn't grow up thinking of these animals and just cartoon books... Everything like that. Some animals would be a lot more scary if you encounter them for the first time. That I think we give them credit for. Any? Oh my god! Like kangaroos. <gasps> kangaroos they, are scary. They I'm terrified like of people, them. Kind of when they like stand yeah. up, and they even like. I, I was watching this thing in Australia where there's this glass sort of thing. They stand like person like in the glass and look in. Yeah. And also the way they attack people sometimes is drowning people to death. They are insanely strong, and they just, like, like if you had never encountered a kangaroo, and you came across something your own size, way stronger and faster than you, like that, it would be so terrifying. I know. I feel like I talked about something like this similarly a few episodes ago in podcast. Isn't oh. that so much more scary yeah, than so- a human being? <laughs> well, one through nine Sam- of my natural predators are human beings. Number ten are kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Which are almost humans. <laughs> exactly. Humans or near human things scare me. <laughs> Just a big, big footed human. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know if I've told this story on podcast or not, but uh, emus are also a, a bird that I'm very afraid of. Mm. But when I was a teenager, my friend Ashley was, I think it was Ashley, was spending the night with me and we heard this like tap, tap, tapping on my window. And I lived out in the country, so I was like, well, it can't be boys. No one's out here because, you know, we would have heard their car or seen their flat or headlights or anything. And so I look and I see nothing. And then I hear it again, like this tap, tap, tap. And it's really hard. And I open up the blinds just really quickly just to see what it is. And I mean, eye to eye with me is this huge black eye looking in the window. And it's a fucking emu. And I, no joke, like a fucking Looney Tunes Wiley Coyote, my feet were just like spinning backwards. I was so <laughs> terrified. And then the thing just like ran away. And we had like a yard. So it jumped over our chain link fence into the yard and was tapping on the window where we were. And it was just terrifying. We found out like the next morning that someone had opened an emu farm like a few miles away. Wow. And I guess it had gotten out. But like, all my life, I had never seen any, like, large wildlife other than, like, cows or horses or mm-hmm. something. And that's not really wildlife. That's livestock. Mm-hmm. And so, like, to see something that I thought, like, in the moment was, like, an alien slash ostrich was just terrifying. Oh yeah. I've seen a lot of wildlife. I grew up in, in Utah and then was a, a Boy Scout and eventually an Eagle Scout and did a lot of camping. I hiked King's Peak, a lot of mountains. But I have been in a campsite where I've just been feet away from this animal. An elk has walked right <gasps> through. Like a full-sized Ugh. elk. Has been like um, me to the door distance. Um, so for other people, that's about seven feet. Yeah, really close. It was really, that one was pretty spooky. And then one time when I was in Alaska, whitewater river rafting down this um, uh, river, um, we were in our campsite and a young, like not quite baby, but very, very little bear cub runs into our camp which is scarier than a full-size bear running into your camp no yes yeah it's like as scary scary. it's scary because it brings on because you know a natural predator if there was a full-size bear in that thing there's a way for that bear to like not be interested in you know what i mean but if there's a bear cub there the bear's whole when the mama bear comes this whole thing is just murdering the fuck out of you Mm -hmm. so The scariest thing is a young bear runs right into our campsite and we are just on the river in seconds. Just like so fast. We are in the water and we are going down scream away from it. It was really scary. Ugh, that's that's terrifying. Bears are terrifying. Mama bears are terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is why I enjoy polar bears so much because they stay with their young for so long. Yeah, you love polar bears. I think we've talked oh, about yeah. it on podcast that you kind of are a polar bear. Spiritually. Yeah, totally. And I'm a giraffe. That's such a stupid. Giraffes animal. are lovely, and I if love I was them. gonna make fun of nature for anything, it'd be a giraffe. <laughs> I think giraffes kind of being so derpy is part of their charm for sure. <laughs> would we say that about a human though? Like the charm is his derp, you know? No, we wouldn't. We'd say he's an idiot. <laughs> 
No, giraffes are majestic beasts. You know their little um, Adam Bash on Twitter mentioned this me. Thank you, Adam. Their um, bumps that you have in their heads are things that used to support antlers. Imagine a giraffe with giant, majestic, gorgeous antlers. That species of giraffe went extinct just 8,000 years ago, which means that human beings have seen the majesty that is an antler giraffe. Can you just picture that? That is the cutest, most majestic, powerful, sunshiniest thing. Sam is I want to ride one me. into oh. the sunset. I feel like if we ever play a game of D&D that I'm DMing, I'm absolutely giving you this as your mount, and it will be horrible. <laughs> it's going to get stuck all the time. It's going to try and ram something and break its neck. It probably evolved out of that because it's like, I can't even fight good like this. <laughs> well, the, one of the things about giraffes is since they have the biggest heart of any animal, I'm, uh, I'm holding your leg because that's just an adorable fact and it's just so cute. Um, <laughs> since they have this giant heart, uh, they have, and they have the highest blood pressure of any animal. Uh, when we, when people in nature conservationists need to, you know, give a draft medicine, help it out, they have to be so careful in how they approach it because if they spook it, it's really easy to give them a heart attack. Their threshold from going to normal to heart attack is very low. So they're you have to like be very me. careful. Yeah, they're, like they're like scared you. of everything. They are like, scared of everything. Can you imagine a giraffe trying to open and a, they just have a margarita pot? Big hearts. I think you're coming around to giraffes slowly. No, that's not going to happen. I, I love them. They're idiots. I also love like platypuses recently. No! I think they're interesting looking. I, I really, what really changed my mind on them was seeing a baby platypus. Okay, well, I really like capybaras. I think those are so Those are cute. really cool. I'm surprised you're not scared of them, personally. Well, if I saw one in the wild, but like, you know, like on TV is fine. Yeah. Or like it behind bars. But it's so interesting <laughs> to still imagine that they exist, right? They're not something you... Yeah, they should have evolved away a long time ago. You think? But they're not indigenous to this area. No. They live in... I think they live in like the rainforest. So, I mean, can you imagine? In Africa, I think. Oh, really? Okay. So, I mean, their size is probably something that really helps them survive. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I get it. The, it's amazing to see them swim. We went at the local zoo here. Um, we, we saw one swimming around in a tank. And, like, that, that's a sight to see. It was really neat. Um, I think the Dallas Zoo was... So We went for my birthday, and I really enjoyed it a lot. And that is saying a lot, because I don't typically like the zoo at all. Um I have, I'm so conflicted about it because I feel like, ah, oh, I don't keep them in captivity. Let them go. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I do understand that you, know, you can't just let them go. You have to learn about them. And there's uh, certain diseases that we can help prevent mm-hmm. in, in their species by learning. And so, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, it really just makes me sad. It's not yeah. that I really care so much. It's just that sometimes I get really sad. But the kids really wanted to go for my birthday. And so we did. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really great. It was really fun. The bird show was really fun. Oh, yeah. It was so cool. Uh, you were brave, and we went into the snake house, which I'm glad that you... I'm sorry, should I not have mentioned that? <sighs> oh, it was so scary. But I will say, we went to the snake house, and there was a king cobra there. I hope that you remember this. I do remember this. Do you remember the little girl in the That's snake? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Was it the king cobra she was? Yeah. Okay. She was straight up a parcel tongue. Like, Absolutely. there's no way that... And this is a very young girl. We're talking like... Um, 10 years old? At the no, most? she was younger than Eden. She was like okay. maybe five or six. Her and the snake were vibing, just eye contact completely. And the snake gets full height on her 
like away from the glass and it's looking at her not host- and she's not looking at the glass or anything she's looking at the snake really intently she's interested in it but her and the snake she's she's like walks a little bit in the cage it walks with her it walks back she walks back with it they are just having a moment and the snake has been completely non-responsive to anything and i was just expecting the glass to disappear and the snake to just go after her stepbrother you know what i mean yeah absolutely it was insane and it got to a point where the mom in this story was like okay she was scared yeah everyone this the snake and this this girl had a moment like we really experienced something from the wizarding world of harry potter yeah absolutely and maybe that was worth it Uh (laughs) to go into that snake hut because it was very scary yeah yeah um for those of you that don't know, I can smell snakes. And so my senses, when we go into places like that, are just on like high alert because everything in me is like, okay, there's a snake here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Veronica has an incredibly powerful sense of smell to where like if anyone has a pet snake and it's been out of the cage in the past several days, she mm-hmm. can have smell that there's been a snake there. And it's been verified a lot of times. And her, her sense of smell is just insanely specific and, and triggers on certain things. Yeah. It's real gross. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that was, a trip so was, that really was crazy. Mm-hmm. I was really frightened that they might have a hippo there, but they did not. There were just pictures of it. Um, I have seen a hippo in the zoo before, but it really caught me off guard because I walked around a corner and there it was standing. Oh, and I wow. only saw the glass. You know, I didn't see the glass. I just saw it. And like my natural instinct is like, run away. <laughs> you can't trigger on the smell from you, Phantasmia, just from the mention of the smell, can you? No. Okay. You know hippo smell, right? No, I don't. They have a distinct smell, and it is such a funk. Like it is so like kind of gross and musty. But like there were a lot of hippos, a big hippo section at the Utah Zoo, and I went to the Utah Zoo very frequently. Oh, interesting. So I saw the hippos a lot, and it's also kind of open to where like the hippos are far below you, but there's not like anything directly. But there's open air between you and them, Um, so you can really smell it and. It's an overpowering like, smell. Well, do they smell like rhinos? Because those smell really gross. Um, I think like it's a lot wetter. Yeah, but that. a rhino. Yeah, a, a rhino isn't going to be in the water. All yeah, the time totally. Either, so. but I, I guess maybe, but it's just like to me, hippos have a smell, and like the smell is just so unpleasant. Hippos are so uh, terrifying, and I was not afraid of them as a child, as I should have been. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> well, they get kind of infantilized. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's, absolutely. There's Christmas songs about hippos. Well, I mean, like polar bears. They're in cartoons, but they are another thing that are kind of, they'll run 30 miles an hour after you in the wild. Yeah. Can you think of that? And they will run you down. <laughs> yeah, it's very scary. Um, I, I think, like, my fear of them is due in part to. Here, why don't we just... For the listener, I've done fussed up. Why don't we just do this number? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I think that what happened is on the Discovery Channel, I saw a hippo waiting with its mouth open in a river. I think it's in Africa. And a gazelle or something like just like tries to jump over it and i'm like oh that's so cute and then the hippo just like slams its jaws shut breaks the thing in half and i'm like fuck (laughs) hippos are scary yeah terrifying (laughs) there was a lot of people in u.s politics and the scene that wanted to bring hippos to the united states um there were some problems with the price of meat of various things and they thought that well, there was meat, and then there was that overgrowth in uh, the rivers oh, in New sure. Orleans. 
of some of some species of plant. I can't remember what, but it was like blocking riverways, and so uh-huh. it was causing uh, drought in some areas. Oh, I see. Yeah, and there there was a long held belief that they could bring a domesticated animal of some sort from the other part of the world, and it would be like a miracle. Food. It would be cheaper. It would be delicious, and people would love it. There, there was that pup urban like legend or myth existing, romanticizing that for a long time in the American psyche, even before hippos entered the equation. And then people thought that hippos would be the solution to that. Yeah, for some reason they thought that they were docile. Yeah. <laughs> could you imagine? So there, we could be living in an alternate timeline where they brought hippos, and hippos exist naturally. Yeah, that would <laughs> in be America. so. It, and it, what's so crazy is that it would be like in places like Louisiana, yeah, and Florida. Wouldn't be too crazy. It would be far. terrible. It, terrible. Terrible. Yeah, it would be really bad. I'm already very afraid of um, Florida and Louisiana for their alligator issues. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love alligator. I think it's delicious. So. <laughs> So I want to say a prompt from this list because I think it's funny here and it's just so dated, but it brought you so much joy. What? Can you guess which one I'm going to say? I don't know. The Bernie song. <laughs> Bad lip reading, the company, they did one of the Democratic debates between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, and it brings Veronica no end of joy. So yeah. you should Google that sometime. That they was a really great one. They don't do as many videos these days as you think they would, but they did do that one and it's, it's really good. I think it's because this election cycle is not funny. It is, yeah. It, it's it's gotten to a point where it's just... Early on, we really thought it would be a laugh fest, didn't yeah. we? And then it got real racist, and then it just got real dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's it's been it's been crazy. So I think that good on them for not making a funny out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, rest in peace, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> campaign. He's very much alive and among us. His campaign, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, let's see. What else is on this list? Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Have we talked about my deep and... Sam used to not eat candy at all. I used to not eat candy at all. But we are having a week of candy and a month of candy and a year of candy in my life. (laughs) I have been really vibing on candy lately. I just crave it all the time and I really like it. And Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the ultimate candy. They're so... They're the giraffes of the candy world. Yeah, like not great. Cute, cuddly, sunshiny, delicious. Like you get tired of them real quick. They'll make your heart die. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Chocolate on the outside, stupid on the inside. <laughs> you know what? Something's bring me joy, okay? <sighs> so anyways, Snickers, <sighs> number one candy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the podcast choice of candy. <laughs> I give that comment one Reese's peanut butter cup. <laughs> that's all anything needs. <laughs> no, that's kidding. There's never enough. <laughs> oh, gross. So yeah, Reese's are great. I've been craving Oreos sometimes. Something I crave. Yeah, I almost never crave Oreos. I sometimes get in the mood for Oreos these Although, days. Although what was so funny is Sam craved some Oreos a couple of weeks ago. He went and he bought name brand double stuff Oreos. Yeah. And they were not. They were good. Really stale. It was disgusting. And then he went back to the store a couple days later and he got some like knockoff Zorios or whatever. (laughs) And they were awesome. They were great. Mm -hmm. They weren't perfect, but they were. They were very good. But they were all lopsided too. And I was like, ugh, I don't understand why no one gives the level of care as name brand foods do to their product quality. But they were tastier. They right? were tastier, but like it's just upsetting to me when something is all lopsided. 
Like, so mm-hmm. I had to squish the, like, I think four that I ate. I just mm-hmm. squished them to where they, they were perfect. Did I eat the entire package minus four? I think so. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I gross. Sh- I should have stopped you. <laughs> I can't believe that I did that. Oh, wow. I just don't really care about Oreos. Okay, well, send your Oreos to <laughs> at Creeptastic Sam. No, send them to me. I didn't get any. Yeah. It's true. Send your Reese's peanut butter cups to me. She yeah. doesn't appreciate them enough. What's your favorite candy? Um, I really enjoy Snickers and Starburst. When I think of candy and I think of you, I think of your deep appreciation of Haribo. Oh, Haribo. Yeah, I love Haribo gummy bears. Those are my favorite brand of gummy bears. And I have had um, many varieties of Haribos. Um, just a couple. I've had some from Scotland, some from England. Um, someone from Australia has sent me some. And, of course, I've had a variety from the United States and Canada as well. But um, I have to say that I think if I were going to give a preference to any of them, I think that the ones that I got from Scotland were the best. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so we have a, I, I have a friend uh, that listens to the podcast named Aaron, and he sent me a package with them. And they were so cute because they looked like little hamburgers. <laughs> it was very cute, and I really liked it a lot. That's adorable. Mm-hmm. Are there any podcasts you've been into recently? I know, and also, by the way, uh, this is a plea to all our listeners. If you have a good true crime um, podcast, Veronica really vibes on that. Um, and it has been kind of wanting something new there. Mm-hmm. So if you've got any true crime, send it her way. Yeah. Michelle Cohey sent me some really great ones that I've really been into as well. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I really have not listened to many podcasts recently. Um, I do really love Judge John Hodgman that's on so good. Uh, Maximum Fun Network. I think it's just one of the best podcasts. Uh-huh. That's one that's good for all ages. Or They'll mention it in the, at the beginning if mm-hmm. there is any content in there that you should be aware of of little ones. It's universally funny and it's really... Um, it's just very smart. I like it. It's very it. smart. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just a fun one to listen to. It's one about and life Josh, lived deliberately, I yes. would say. And Jeshon Hodgman has such a soothing voice. And I really love his um, outlook of, like, we don't make any... He doesn't rule on anything that would make a person stop doing something that makes them happy. Yeah, he's got good rules. People come to... The premise of the show is people come to it with their... Um, real life disputes and they take the, their loved ones their friends uh, or co-workers to a fake internet court, court of justice and he's got this long-standing sort of case law that he refers to a lot <laughs> where there's sort of rules on how to live deliberately with joy and respectfully of love of one another mm-hmm. and um, it, it, sometimes it really um, just feels emotionally satisfying and good to yeah. like l- listen to these people get along and you know it's very therapeutic I'd I say. agree and I love to judge people. So if you ever want to uh, have me solve a dispute for you, please email me. I'd be so happy. Judge John Hodgman, don't sue us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Judge John Hodgman lodges a case against me. Oh, no. But I'm the oh, judge. We should we should talk about our history of that show where you constantly <gasps> threaten to take me to internet court or you want to go to internet court. Well, I think it would, one, be fun because we have some disputes that I think really do... But the idea of it is very mortifying to me. <laughs> See, and I cannot get embarrassed. Yeah, just I really idolize and look up to John Hodgman. Yeah. And to be kind of 
one, the idea that I'd be doing something uncomfortable or harmful enough to you and wouldn't be able to stop that on my own would be a distressing idea, mm-hmm. you know, that, that we could really not fix that. I, I, of course, if that happens, I'd like to do whatever we can to fix it or to move past it. And if involving other people in the process would help do that, then I'd like to do that. But to, to, to have those secrets be made bare to this person that I really look up to. I don't to. think that I have ever said like, oh, this one thing that is super private or something is something I'd really like to take to court. I've always made it something that I think like that we genuinely have a dispute about that isn't embarrassing, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm, I'm sorry that I, if I get in the way of your, your podcast ambitions and dreams. <laughs> It does not bother me. And I think like after you said like, you know, he's said this spiel to me before. And after that, I was just like, all right, well, I, I don't really care. You know, that's uh-huh. fine. I, I, it's not like I need to be on the Judge John Hodgman show <laughs> with Sam. <laughs> but um, And I have this recurring nightmare every night where you're brought to court. <laughs> Jesse Thorne is, is talking about how much of a ridiculous person I am. No, but my thought has just always been like, well, I'm just going to keep on pushing this button until he's like, <laughs> you I'm taking you to the judge. Yeah, that, that's court. been your strategy for a while. It has is if, been. <laughs> is to be uh, just needling at me enough on things that you're going to rise out of going, me. I think that you're going so to So I will take me. you to court. Uh-huh. Where you're obviously the heel in this situation, to use a wrestling term. <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well... That's been an episode of uh, Podcat, I think, right? And I'll see you in court. Just kidding. This is the sound of a gavel. <laughs> no, you can't see me in court, but you can see me at Creeptastic Sam on this Twitter. the sound of a gavel. Oh, good job. Sorry, you're going to have to say all of that again. Because we... Go ahead. Oh, please. We'll settle it in court. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Creeptastic Sam. You can find me at Typical Veronica. And that's been Podcat. Pickles. Oh, we should have talked about pickles. Oh, next time.